0: Hello, friends. Before this week's episode, just a quick not-so-fun programming note. First of all, we hope you have been enjoying roleplay. We certainly have been, which makes this news even sadder. But after this week's episode, episode three, we are taking a break from releasing episodes until the end of the year just to peel the curtain back a bit this podcast is currently recorded across three different time zones one of us lives in chicago two of us live in indiana and one of us is studying abroad in france until semesters end the process of adapting to this remote recording setup has not been without its roadblocks Some of these roadblocks are requiring hours upon hours of work behind the scenes to fix, which we decided is too much of a distraction from making the episodes as great and as polished as we want them to be. So, to be better safe than sorry, we are delaying any more full episode releases until the end of the year so that we can put in the work to ensure that the quality of these episodes is up to our standards. We're sorry this announcement is so last minute. If it helps, the decision was very last minute, too. These are just the growing pains of a creative endeavor such as this, and the good news is that once we put in the work behind the scenes, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out until Hebos, Eloise, and Cody graduate and or die. With all that out of the way, we hope you enjoy this week's episode, and we're sorry in advance about the cliffhanger. Okay. So, last we left off, Hebos and Cody had just gotten back to their uh uh dorm rooms after making their respective Quidditch teams. Eloise had made the intramural football team and headed back to her dorm as well. And that takes us into the beginning of week two. So as we enter into week two, what is everybody up to? Um, You wake up Monday. It's breakfast time. Are you all at breakfast or do you think that you're in your rooms? Give me the lay of the land. What's up?
1: Hebbos is definitely at breakfast eating insane amounts of like sausage and eggs and bacon. Like questionable amounts of all of the above, even for a half giant like, it's like a vacuum cleaner.
2: Eloise is also at the Slytherin table. She's sitting with Cass, her friend. She's probably having some oatmeal, brown sugar, I would assume, since that is also my favorite. Um, not really looking forward to a week of classes, but she will put her head down and do the work, and she's enjoying her time with Cass while she has it.
0: Yeah. So, um, Eloise, um, Why don't you give me a perception check as you're eating breakfast with Cass in the Great Hall?
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Let me know what you get.
2: I got a 15.
0: 15. Interesting. Yes. With a 15, you notice somebody who looks around your age um he is a young human boy with dark hair dark skin um and a uh, large nose very very scrawny um that you have not seen before like in your your magical upbringing at all um and, but I think right now, because you are kind of, like, reluctant to be here, you're you're putting out the vibe of just, like, loner, I-don't-want-to-be-here, like, negative sort of vibes, and so I think that you are more in tune with other people who look similar to that. And so you notice this boy, yeah, you notice this boy at the Gryffindor uh, table, and his head is just, like down, and he's, he's also eating just a little bowl of oatmeal. Um, and he actually looks up at you at the same time that you look up at him, and you make eye contact for just a second. Why don't you give me an insight check?
2: Um, insight would be a nine.
0: Uh, with a nine, insight... He gives you a look that you just interpret as pure fear, but you can't really get anything else from it. And then he shoots his head back down to his oatmeal. And, um,
2: yeah. How far is the Gryffindor table from where I'm sitting?
0: Uh, it's two tables over. So you're at Slytherin, Hufflepuff is next to you, and then it's Gryffindor. So it's like way like across the room.
2: Hmm. And we have classes with Gryffindors on Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Or is that with Ravenclaws?
0: Yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays you have classes with Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, Mm -hmm. depending on the class.
2: I will not say anything to him now, but I'm sure you can see where I'm heading with this. So I'll just keep eating my oatmeal in a sort of depressed manner. Sounds good.
0: Wonderful. As I
2: as I normally do if I'm ever reduced to eating oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hebos,
0: why don't you, as you're eating... Uh, do you think that you're... Because Eloise, you're probably at the back with Cass, right? So Hebos is pretty close because he also tends to sit in the back. Um, you, why don't you also make me a perception check?
1: Um, I guess, but I'm not going to roll it because you asked. I'm going to roll it because I want to. <laughs> 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 I got him. <laughs> uh i hope you get 6, a and seven. <laughs> just kidding i got a 13 oh uh, with a
0: 13 you also notice the same boy very scrawny uh a couple tables over right across sort of also mm. sitting at the back of the room um and he he looks up at you and why don't you roll me an insight check
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be funny uh five
0: with a 5 you also see the fear in his eyes but to you it feels like it's you that he's afraid of.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Hebos is going to put on his like meanest scowl and just scowl. He looks his kid. back
0: down at his oatmeal and keeps eating. Ignoring you.
1: Hebos is just going to kind of like Shake his head and try to forget it, but it, that's going to stick with him for the, at least the rest of the day.
0: Fair enough, Cody. What are you up to? Let's cut over to you.
3: Um, I think if you allow me to say it, um, just like what Cody's doing, um, on this Monday is I think like he's still in the common area, but um, in I think he's a yeah in Hufflepuff, um, and he's a He's calling home.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> nerd. So you call home.
3: At least I
1: have.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: Hi, hey, hey, you watch your fucking
0: problems. Um. Yeah, you call home. Get the prrr,
3: prrr. Wow, that was really good. Yeah, do one more time. Prrr. Thank you. Cody's <laughs> okay, no. okay, just like, man, it's taking forever.
2: Pachi oh. <laughs> I can't do that part um the
3: yeah (laughs) ah yes how all modern phones
2: (laughs) when you when the call gets answered (laughs) typical phone sounds ring 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 click and (laughs) perchink.
0: i'm never no, doing a callaway, voice for any of you no again today.
3: <laughs> the callaway family has is a strictly pro rotary phone family oh, that's God. all i have
0: <laughs> um why don't you so it's uh, why don't you actually give me a luck check
3: oh no uh
0: yeah just a straight check? up d20 um to see if they answer
3: no that's a four. Oh,
0: oh. oh yeah so you definitely get the pachink <laughs> of nobody answering on the other other end.
3: Oh, do I get to leave a message?
0: Yeah, you can leave a message. Pachink. Hello. Uh, you've reached Richard Calloway. Uh, K- Cody. Cody. No, you put that down. You.
3: <laughs> no, that's me. I remember that. I remember doing that. <laughs> uh, but
0: please uh, li- leave your message. You know what to do. Beep. <sighs>
3: Um, actually, I want to look something up real quick. Um, what's the time difference between Alabama and England? Oh yeah, uh, England is six hours ahead.
0: Oh, so it's like or... probably two hours, yeah. or it's probably like two a.m.
3: Oh, okay. That's <laughs> in, in the
0: U.S. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I made you roll a luck check because it's the morning and you're call- you're calling your family back in Talladega.
3: Oh well. um, <clears throat> Uh, so, Cody's going to leave a message. Um, hey, Dad, uh, just wanted to tell you, um, you know, I've been doing pretty good at Hogwarts. Um, uh, it's Classes are all right, you know, not a whole lot of math, so that's pretty cool. Um, uh, oh, I don't know if I told y'all about that sport. There's a sport they got called Quidditch. It's actually, um, I guess the closest comparison is it's kind of like basketball, if I had to compare it to another sport, anyway, they play it on flying brooms and stuff. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you that, but uh, they got flying brooms here. Um, uh, Rowan, remind me what it what's Cody's position on the Quidditch team? You're a chaser, uh, and he's like he's like second string, like backup, right? Yeah. Uh, and I made the Quidditch team. I'm starting varsity, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i'm real excited about that i think i got um you know practice starts today um i've been making a ton of friends you know i'm like everybody in house helpful pretty much um this super cool tall dude and uh this really nice um girl from slytherin um plays soccer i'm on, I'm on this well they call it football here but i'm on the soccer team here uh and i met this one girl her name is um Pin Pennel Hang on one second, like Cody like runs from his bedroom into the common area to find Penny. Yeah. She's sitting there. I I go, hey Penny. Uh y- yeah. I'm trying to tell my dad about you. What's your what's your like last name? Lovegood. <laughs> That's a You're pretty a cool one. <laughs> You're a whore. You're absolutely the worst. <laughs> That's a pretty cool last name. Why could be the last name of a beloved character in um, a popular <laughs> fantasy series?
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> ah. Anyway, her name is Jenny Lovegood. Ah. Um. I don't know how much more time I got on this voicemail. I, I don't know if there's a limit anymore on the iPhone or whatever. I guess I could keep going. Uh, Telling Maggie I said hi, you know, I kind of miss everyone back in Talladega. If you can find um, Stevie, Mason, Stevie, Mason, Joey, Charles, all of them, tell them I miss them too. Um, Anyway, how are things with you? You know, I guess you can't really answer. It's a voicemail. I'm going to keep going until you cut me off road. (laughs) (laughs) Prachink! Oh.
0: (laughs) That that was the sound of the (laughs) voicemail. Uh, It says, prachink! Voicemail inbox full.
3: Oh, I, I guess. Huh. I guess he's getting a lot of calls lately. Um, eh.
1: And then it goes
0: <laughs> boop, boop, boop and
2: the,
3: the call huh.
1: ends. Ah, the boop boop boop. <laughs> That's a phone sound I do recognize. Boop boop boop. Co- boop, boop, boop. Yeah, because I'd be editing yeah. calls left and right. <laughs> nobody ever talked to me (laughs)
2: you have to use phone sounds i know what is perching
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this um yeah so i think uh, cody um is gonna go to breakfast then after the phone call cool
0: yeah so you go to breakfast do i notice Uh, this
3: dashing young man that everyone else has?
0: Um, well, you're you're coming dashing. in a bit late.
3: He's 11. You me 11 and dashing? Dashing isn't like a statement on... doesn't Dashing doesn't mean attractive, does it? Do I... Okay, oh, mysterious is better. Do I notice this mysterious young man that everyone else has?
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be a bit of a higher DC perception check for you because you are coming in late for breakfast. Um, breakfast is still going on. You're not going to be late for class or anything. But yeah, uh, go ahead and give me a perception check.
3: <laughs> I got another 4.
0: <laughs> you do not notice this young boy. Uh you do? You you walked down with Penny to to the great hall for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Um uh Penny actually turns to you and she says, "Um, do you see that?"
3: Uh can I, I I is she pointing somewhere? Can I look where she's pointing?
0: She's pointing sort of in between uh the far two tables the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor table
3: oh I I guess everybody I know is um in either Hufflepuff or Slytherin I sort of forget about the other two houses sometimes um no I don't see anybody oh. it, what what am I looking for
0: I, I I just I I noticed um that young Gryffindor boy he's wearing Gryffindor colors just walked over to the Ravenclaw table it's just a little weird um I, don't, I I yeah. suppose it's not that weird. We could we could be friends yeah. with people from other houses. And we could or, totally. Yeah. Like, let's let's go sit down. She looks like a little bit. She looks a little bit like uncomfortable and fidgety, which is like very okay. abnormal for Penny. Um, in the in this like short amount of time that you've known um,
3: her. Cody probably doesn't make anything of it. Cody's going like, "Well, yeah, we could totally sit at the other tables. I mean, they want us to. It's it, I'm choosing not to sit." You know, with the people I know at the other tables.
0: Oh, do you do you know people from other houses already?
3: Sure, yeah. Uh, Where do you want to sit today, Penny? <laughs> Quickly changing the subject.
0: I was just gonna go sit in my normal spot at the front. Do you want to come with me, or or do you want to sit with your other friends?
3: Oh hell yeah, yeah. Oh no, they. I, 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 I'm. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I think, Cody, what he's also been doing is, like, the Hufflepuff kids that sit around where Penny sits, he's been, like, teaching them Fortnite at, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think Oliver Wood Jr. is very much into Fortnite, is, like, super (laughs) excited about it. Um, I think Olive often sort of – she'll come over – and sort of roll her eyes like she doesn't care, but then she'll just stay and watch. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's she's always like, I don't have time for this. I'm not, no, I have, I have to get back to work. But then she just kind of stays and like watches. Um, and yeah, there are a few other others that are in your year as well. But yeah, yeah. You teach your fellow Hufflepuffs Fortnite. And then <laughs> we go into our classes our first classes of the day um Me lucky charms
3: charms i believe right?
0: yeah so <laughs>
3: <I> did...
0: <laughs>
1: that's what it sounds like <laughs> well, boy, we would
3: like to apologize to the irish community
0: so hmm. you all go into charms uh hufflepuff and slytherin have this class together where do you all sit in your normal spots in the back and the front
1: Definitely in the back, like, left corner. Normal
3: spots. Cat yeah. probably found his way there, too. Yeah, For sure. I was going to say something about how, like, Cody has moved to the table next to where Hebos always sits, or something. <laughs> nah, Cody's up in front with Penny. Nerd.
0: Okay. So you see Professor Flitwick, uh, as usual, walks in from the back, and you see his little head over all of the tables as he walks to the front and up to his stool to give his lecture. And he sort of, um, waves his wand and, uh, there's like a board behind him or like a sort of projector screen type of deal, but it's not, um, mechanically powered. It's just this magical like screen so that when he waves his wand, writing appears on the screen, um, this like beautiful arcane script, and on the top you see cosmology, and then you see the orrery, which is O-R-R-E-R-Y, the orrery, and then the last thing that you see is veil, like V-E-A, Uh shit, V-E-I-L, and. Professor Flitwick turns back to you all after finishing writing that and says, To understand your magic better, it is important to understand the universe in which your magic exists. And even more important is your understanding of the cosmology of the universe. And by cosmology, I mean the way in which the universe exists. Up until this point, you have had an understanding of your universe that is not incorrect. However, there is more that you have yet to learn, partially because of how young you are, and partially because the non-magical world does not understand the cosmology of a universe in the same way that we do. Because the non-magical world does not know about magic there are multiple types of planes of existence the universe that you are aware of with the earth orbiting around the sun and the other planets as well is called the material plane there are also inner and outer planes of existence that exert greater or lesser influence on the world as they come nearer and farther from the material plane so in the same way that the earth revolves around the sun as well as the other planets. The inner and outer planes revolve around the material plane. Astrologers in the non-magical world are not completely off in their work, methodology, and prediction. However, rather than tracing the movement patterns of planets and stars, we in the magical world chop the movement of the planes. Non-magic users have, with their innate spirituality and fondness for science, tapped into the magical patterns of the inner and outer planes to better understand the material plane and our connection to it without even knowing what they were actually doing. To be fair, however, this understanding of the cosmos has only been developed in the last few decades. The movement... And positions of stars and planets which we can see on the material plane does help inform the movement of the planes. So it's not that non-magic users have gotten it wrong. They have just forgotten how to be in touch with their magic on an anatomical level, not a conscious one. He looks out to an absolutely blank-faced classroom of 11-year-olds who have absolutely <laughs> no idea what he's saying <laughs> and says, "This is a lecture that you will receive at the beginning of every year, so if it seems a bit overwhelming or confusing, don't worry, you'll hear it again next year, and eventually hopefully it will stick.
1: oh thank God' <laughs> he- 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 is, like forehead just like, <laughs> on <his> desk, like <laughs> splits the table. <laughs> 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 He like doesn't. He doesn't like slip and fall. He just fucking bounces his head against his desk. <laughs> um,
0: the last thing that he talks about, um, before having you work on some basic, uh, elocution practice, he says, an example of the importance of the orary can be found on All Hallows' Eve, when the veil between planes is the thinnest. This is also the time in which, if something were to happen, like, I don't know, some sort of larger magical event, this would be the time for it to happen because this is when our magic is the strongest. So, as you can see, it is very important for us to understand where the planes are in their cycle and how close they are to the material plane. And then he... um moves on from that lecture into a lecture about the importance of words and their connection to magic and how um understanding not only the english language but its roots in latin as well as different languages such as uh german and italian and spanish can all sort of help you uh, to home better hone your magical abilities um and starts having you do um, some work in grammar. So it kind of just feels like you're in normal secondary school after this very crazy lecture about the cosmos, um, the cosmology of the magical world.
3: After he talks about like the cosmology of the um, magic world, like on the way out, Cody whispers to Penny, I'm an Aquarius. What are you? Uh, What? Oh my God. It's like, do you have CoStar?
0: <laughs> I don't, um... What's CoStar? Is that is that, like, um, like a star map? Like, uh, for Divination? We're not in Divination yet. We're just first years.
3: Mm, yeah. I guess I could carve... I might <laughs> carve some some of the Fortnite time out at lunch to tell y'all about it. It's kind of uh, neat. Um,
0: oh, okay. But I, I don't... Me mom doesn't like me having a phone, so, um, I don't really have... The ability to even have Fortnite or anything like that. I I like watching you play, but um. Oh, that's nice. If CoStar is is a phone thing, then I'm not sure if I can really participate. But I, I could watch you. So you go. So you go to Transfiguration, and then you go to lunch. And then after that is Defense Against the Dark Arts. Is there anything that you would like to do at lunch before we jump into your Defense Against the Dark Arts class where your homework is due?
1: Yeah, at lunch, Hebos wants to cast out his Occlumency, or at least try, and just kind of on a whim.
0: Cool. Um, Why don't you give me a straight up Wiz. I almost said (laughs) Wizma.
1: Straight up wisdom. Hebbo's from downtown with a 15. He's not even on the court. He's in the stands.
0: Yeah, with a 15, you sort of cast out your legitimacy skills that have not yet been honed. And so you cast out this legitimacy skill and with a 15 you're able to sort of hone in at first you're hearing the like whispers um you can't quite make anything out and then you hone in on you think a student over at the gryffindor table so way Uh, across uh on the other side of the room
3: public enemy Um, number one
0: you actually see it's a completely it's somebody you have not seen before maybe you've seen seen him in class but you didn't really notice him until this moment um he is a very tall like way too tall for his age lanky doesn't really know like what to do with his limbs sort of tall um with very curly actually it looks like your hair andrew very uh like uh curly um brown hair I'm canon now. <laughs> um <laughs> and a, a long nose and very sharp jawline very like very much like like Never uh mind. not canon it's not me as if he grew like physically before he was even ready for it um Damn. tough break and so you're pretty sure it's coming from this kid. Yeah. Um who you vaguely remember seeing in a few classes so you think that he's probably in your year. Um and you- <laughs> at first you just hear the whispers and then you notice that he is wearing um AirPods <laughs> and then you just hear uh and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Oh i have no, looking yeah. at you for the face down. i so like, a with the face down. No. <laughs> and let me tell you about my life, painkillers <laughs> only like put me in a twilight, and then it just keeps going. Um.
1: Hamas is like, yo.
0: But it's not, it's notice. like, it's not in Kendrick's voice. It's like in his own voice, oh, but, like that like he's hearing it, right? So it's I, like oh, he, in his brain, please, he's like just, spitting
1: mad bars. This dude is um, actually going off. Wow, um,
0: and that's yeah, that's what you get with the 15.
1: How just just kind of impressed? I think he's like, I mean, he he doesn't know the song. He's probably never heard rap before. No, he 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 is. How just <laughs> very intrigued? He's like, oh, he's like, I know. He's like, he can tell it's music.
3: I had no idea you could talk so fast. He's like, <laughs>
1: I was gonna, yeah. No. So he- Heb definitely making a me- a mental note. Hebba's making a, a a mental note to to follow up, to follow up on that. Yeah. <laughs> Hiding and over. If I see ops, it's over. <laughs> <clears throat> Shout out to Martin and Tabitha. Independent for tax evasion.
3: I sang in the last episode, so in this one, Rowan rapped Kendrick Lamar. That's solidarity. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Uh, So we... uh, Is there anything else anybody wants to do at lunch before we move on to Defense Against the Dark Arts?
3: Nope.
2: Nope. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal Phenomenal for all you Directioners out there. God.
0: So uh, we're actually going to breeze past most of the rest of this week. Hi friends, Rowan here, just popping in to explain that in this section we actually used an older mechanic which we are not using anymore, so we've cut that part out, but we're going to be giving you a basic understanding of how everybody's weeks went. The other thing that you will hear me mention a lot in this episode is the kids' homework assignment for Professor Lupin's Defense Against the Dark Arts class. That is available in the episode description if you would like to look at what the kids answered so that you can have a better understanding of how each kid understands their magic. All right, back to the show. So you turn in your Defense Against the Dark Arts homework and then go through the rest of your classes, go through the rest of your week. Um, and basically here is the summary of how your weeks went. Uh, Cody, you had a pretty stellar first not first, like second week, first and second week of school. Like you're doing really well in your classes. You're picking up this magic thing really well. I think probably because um you were so excited to like come here and like you immediately hopped on board with this like whole magic thing. You just like are picking it up really well. Hebos, mm-hmm. you're like kind of middling, you're like, I don't really care. Like, um so you're funny. you're doing okay. Some classes are better than others. We're just you're just kinda there. You're just like going through it. Eloise, you are having a rough time. Um, you did not roll well, unfortunately, and I think probably because, um, you don't really want to be here in the first place. Um, you're, like, really resistant to your magic, and so your magic is not responding well to you either, because you're not accepting of it. Um... So as we go into the second weekend, um, how is everybody feeling?
3: Everything's coming up Callaway, honestly. Yeah, um
1: Hebos is still kind of just pretty apathetic about it all. He doesn't he doesn't really feel one way or the other. He's pretty mid.
2: Eloise, I think, has that um sort of, you know high-achieving perfectionist child syndrome where even though she, this is the one academic area she does not want to do well in because she doesn't want to have any magical prowess. She wants to be a squib and let her powers wither. She still cannot detach that feeling of feeling like a failure because she is not doing well in her classes. Uh. She would rather have this natural aptitude for it and abandon it then just suck the way
3: she's doing
0: mm. it's like yeah man it's a good thing it's a good thing that you grow out of that after joe <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: it's so funny you say that because i was just about to say it's like in college when you have to take like a required like core class or whatever and you're like whatever i don't care about this and you get like a c on the first assignment the professor's like i'm a little disappointed by this and you're like well hang on well hang on
0: uh fantastic. Yeah, so that's how Eloise is feeling. Cody's on top of the world. Hebos so is mid. mid and Eloise is struggling. Um so then the second weekend uh Oliver Wood Jr has asked you Cody f- to come and have some private lessons um in quidditch. Eloise, you have soccer practice. Hebos, uh you you have quidditch practice, but you just like you go to it and then you come back and um, it's a little bit earlier on, so um, you have some time to just hang out. Um, so let's go. Let's go to uh, the private lessons with with Oliver Wood Junior. first.
3: I think um, the um, the thing that Cody has been able to really, you know, um, embrace with Quidditch that I, Kellen, could never. Is he has zero fear of falling? Like nothing about the heights is like phasing him, <laughs> which is like psychotic to me. But, <laughs> um, because Quidditch, correct me if I'm wrong, they're like
0: they're high up there. Yeah, there's super... yeah,
3: it's like a good fifty feet in the air. Yeah, isn't it? yeah.
0: Um, the the good news is that with the safety precautions put in place now, you all have feather fall on you whenever you're in the air.
3: I can't believe that you added that by the way. Like it's so stupid in the original series to like they just had to hope a professor was quick enough to
0: <laughs> Yeah. Insane. It's fine. I'm fixing J.K. Rowling's world. I'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not mad about it. Um
3: Yeah, but uh Cody is like he again, it's kind of like so- like um his soccer tryout. He lacks a lot of like the finesse and like yeah. technique, but like in just pure hustle.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um I think so he explains the quaffle and the bludger and the the sort of rules of the game um how it is kind of similar to basketball except instead of dribbling you're just like holding the ball and you're like up in the air you're trying to knock the ball out of each other's hands and um that that's sort of what the chaser does except in your case um he explains i just really think that uh with your speed and your size um that you would make a perfect seeker, but we don't really have the seeker as an option anymore. So um, you are a chaser, and we will have you doing the job that the chaser does. However, um, whenever I have you playing in this first game, I am going to have you really focus on the seeking part of it, if that is all right with you. Yes, if you have the ball, go for the goal, but we're going to practice with the snitch for a bit. Um and he like cool, cool. lets the snitch out and you do some practicing with that.
3: Can I roll to see how I do?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give me um uh, some dexterity checks?
3: Okay, I got a seven. Ugh.
0: Uh, yeah. With the seven, you are
3: the snitch is not... given the runaround. The snitch is yeah.
0: It's it is the the snitch is not. It is like really on its A game and you're still learning the game. So you're like not doing great, but
3: you're working hard. Yeah. Like also like super like overconfident and cocky. Like he's probably trying to like stand on his broom. Like it's a surfboard. Like he doesn't, he keeps like going to do that, but like (laughs) he stops himself like halfway every time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you go through that practice and then afterwards you, um, you have soccer, not soccer, you have football practice with um with Eloise. And you uh Ginny Dursley is taking you um is taking you through some basic drills, is teaching those of you who are new how to even play, um, trying to sort of figure out what your positions are going to be. And then uh and Cass, I think. Uh, hold on. Let me just. Cass is doing pretty well, um, with, yeah, is doing pretty well. He knows the game. Um, and so he's like running these drills. At one point towards the end of your practice, um, Cass accidentally pops one of the balls.
3: <laughs> oh no.
0: And why don't Cody and Eloise, why don't you both give me some, or a, a, a perception check.
3: 13.
0: 17. Uh, so, Cody and Eloise, you both notice that there are two boys that are in most of your classes. They're in um House Slytherin. So, Eloise, you have all of your classes with these two kids. Um, And in class, they never pay attention. They're always like, sort of in the back close to you and they're like pushing each other around and like pranking each other whatever not really paying attention and um that I think Eloise probably you you blame them already um for like not being able to pay attention to class even though you don't care right um and you notice that they are like laughing and whispering and like pointing at Cass and Cody you also notice that they keep pointing at you too so it's not just cast. they're also they seem to be laughing at you <clears throat>
3: uh, Cody's sw- 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 swallows hard you know trying to maintain his composure <laughs> um, and uh, tries to ignore it but he's not going he's going to remember it
2: do I also notice that they're pointing at Cody, or do I only notice that they're pointing at Cass? You only notice Cass. Okay. Um, I does, do. Does, do I notice if Cass notices? He definitely does. Um, I'm still gonna like try and act like I don't see anything from those two bitches and sort of be like, hey, Cass, why don't we run our drills over on this side? There's a lot less people anyway, and I know you'll be able to stretch your legs better over there and sort of um, push him over to a different end of the field away from them.
0: Yeah, he, uh, like, lifts his, his front hoof and uh, rips the ball out of it and kind of tosses it to the side and uh, kind of, like, angrily like wipes a tear away and is like yeah that's that's fine let's go Let, let's go over there head over to the other side let's cut over to Hebos. um <laughs> hebbos uh you are what are you doing during this time uh you're probably so you've already practiced quidditch um you leave um you leave before football practice starts. So you have some time um, before people start filing into the Slytherin common room. You have, like, most of the common room to yourself at this point.
1: And Cass is at football practice, right? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: But you know that, you know, football practice will end soon.
1: Yeah. I think Hebo's. I don't know. I mean... He probably just sits around with Kat, maybe works on some some school assignments, practices a little bit of okay. magic, but then just kind of gets bored. Maybe he takes a walk just on the grounds, you know, with Kat, okay. enjoying the the fall weather.
0: Why don't you give me another perception check?
1: Um, yeah, I think I'll do that. Because you want to, though. Just because I yeah, want to. yeah, yeah. Strong five
0: strong five you yeah you don't notice anyone uh, in particular it's just a bunch of folks um that are that you don't really recognize you're you're sort of lost in your head not thinking about
1: boss is gonna chill out nearby the whomping willow
0: oh cool yeah that sounds good
1: just kind of like Observe it for a while. Listen to the the leaves rustle.
0: Cool. So as you take your walk um, and just sort of you're in your head a little bit doing homework. um, uh, You head back to the Southern Common Room at around the same time that Cass and Eloise come back from football practice and you're all in the common room together.
1: Wow. <coughs> um Hebos is like in a chair, probably nearby them, like working up the the courage or the the care, I suppose, the efforts to approach Cass. Uh
2: yeah. Cass and I are just hanging out. Um I probably don't even want to look at my schoolwork, honestly. So, even if Cass is working on homework, I am not.
1: Um, well, Hebbos is going to. Uh, d- does he notice anything about Cass and Eloise? Like, I don't know. Anything different or something? Uh,
0: yeah, you can roll me an insight check. Okay. <laughs> if you want.
1: Toss up a, a saucy little, little seven.
0: I with a with a seven they just look like tired like they've been out doing athletic things.
1: Sick. Um I feel like Cat probably approaches like Cass and like just kind of rubs up against him a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think um Cass similar to how he was with Hagrid Cat is like very much friendly towards Cass in a way that you don't see him with anyone else like not even really with you. Damn. Yeah.
2: It's two people now.
0: And Cass is like Cass is like, "Oh, um, well, hello, little one." <laughs> um, and then looks up at you sort of wide-eyed. Um like I I'm not I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, like, are you going to yell at me if I pick this cat up? But I really want to pick this cat up.
1: Yeah. Hebos uh, is just going to, like, kind of shake his head, like, with a, a tiny smile on his face. And he's going to say, looks like he likes you more than me. Makes it two now.
0: Um, I think at that point, Cat straight up just jumps on to Cass's back. Um, uh, And, yeah. like, curls up into a little circle, and it's just like a little sleeping circle on Cass's horse back. Nice. Yeah.
1: Ebos is gonna say he's, well, I guess he's just gonna kind of like, kind of harumph, like.
0: <laughs> We've got some kachinks and some harumphs <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> yup. per chink harumph. Beep, beep.
3: <laughs> harumph, harumph, harumph.
0: Cassian uh, kind of uh, sniffs and, and looks at Eloise and is like Kylan and, uh, and Chase. Um, they weren't wrong when they were laughing. What do you mean? I, I mean, I'm i am just like, like I, I popped the ball and I, I just feel like I'm too big. I don't really belong anywhere. I'm supposed to be in Gryffindor, didn't belong there. Now I'm in
2: Slytherin and I apparently don't even belong here, and I just, yeah. Listen, Kylan and Chase are just making fun of you because they wish they were as good as, at football as you are. You have four legs. Four. One, two, three, four. Do you understand how much of an advantage that gives you at football? I mean, if you belong anywhere, it's on the Slytherin team with me making sure we win those games.
0: He kind of uh gives you a bit of a half smile and is like so you you don't think that it's uh like stupid that i I pop the ball sometimes with my hoof
2: <laughs> no, oh,
3: sorry I, I mean was...
2: obviously that's something that you'll learn how to control moving forward, but if anything, that just demonstrates how powerful your kicks are
1: um." Hebos is gonna, like, lean forward. Because he's he's caught all of this. He's nearby. <clears throat> and he's gonna say to Cass, uh, people don't like to confront what they don't understand. It says more about them than it does about you. Personally, I think you're alright. And screw Gryffindor anyway, right? He's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> They're not good enough for me anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if those kids have a problem, then I might have something to say about it.
2: Eloise, Eloise, up to this point was looking at Hevos kind of like smiling, sort of proudly. But the second that Hevos says that, her smile kind of turns a little confused and concerned.
0: <laughs> he, in in all seriousness, no, he's like. Maybe um, to like help with the sharpness of them, I could at least get some sort of I don't know, like
2: sneakers <laughs> or like boots.
1: Habba was gonna say uh, maybe Hagrid can help you with that.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. Um, and so you continue talking, chatting a little bit, um, getting a little bit more friendly with each other as the weekend goes on um and then the next night um on your way back to your respective common rooms f- from the great hall after dinner um you pass by professor lupin's office Um, at different times, Cody first, I think he's walking back to Hufflepuff with uh, with Penny and uh, Professor Lupin sticks his head out and is like, oi uh Cody, Mr. Calloway, could you come in here,
3: please? I don't think I mentioned it on mic but I think, like, Cody, like thinks Lupin is super cool. Like, he's never had a teacher this cool before. So he's a he's like immediately he's like oh yeah sure dude um uh whatever you need teddy uh
0: it's prof- whatever um and he beckons <laughs> you in and then uh I-, I think a few minutes later um Cass and hebos and eloise are probably headed back toward the slytherin common room um and professor lupin pops his head out and is like uh mr remington miss uh Sholwell, could you Come in here for just a moment, please. Of course. Absolutely.
1: Heb, uh, Heb is a little suspicious, but he'll, he'll go in.
0: Cassian kind of looks at Professor Lupin, like, confusedly, and, and Professor Lupin's like, don't worry, they they'll be back in the common room, you can see them there. It'll only be a moment. Um... So he, you walk in Hebos and Eloise, and you find Cody already sitting with his leg bouncing in one of the chairs across from uh, Lupin's desk. Dale
3: is skittering around.
0: Yeah, Dale skittering around the. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Fucking Dale! <laughs> and I keep, you know, I keep going, like I keep going, heel, heel, heel.
0: And it's heel. absolutely nothing. <laughs> Just like his like every that... time you say heel. Every time you yeah, say heal, he's just, like, he looks at you, like, fuck you, and hisses, and just, like, keeps, like, skittering around. You all settle down. Dale eventually uh, does the thing that, like, kittens do, or, like, any young animal, where, like, he he just wears himself out and immediately just, like, falls asleep in a random corner. Um, And Professor Lupin looks at all three of you and says, your homework last week was... Very enlightening, very interesting. Um, I have been told that none of you wanted to, um, or at least didn't uh, talk with your heads of houses about pursuing your special, your unique abilities. And after reading your homework assignments, I just was wondering if you would be interested in pursuing those with me, um, because I think that I could work with you in a way that would allow you to really hone those abilities and to be quite frank, um, would be quite fun.
3: Cody's, like, Cody's gonna say, uh, let me get this straight. you want to work with us in a fun setting outside of class where the three of us are gonna have to see each other and interact with each other. <laughs> Cody wants to be friends so badly. If that is
0: what, yes, you yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm
1: in, I'm in, I'm in. Hab is gonna immediately just say, not interested. Oh,
2: all right. Um, Come on, Eloise, Professor Lupin. You know I respect you and your knowledge so much. Um, so, 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 so much. And I would love to take you up on this opportunity. Um, the problem is I am not particularly proud of this ability. So I would be happy to work with you, but I would prefer if we could do it in private and not with the other two, if possible.
3: Eloise, I'm not going to tell anybody.
2: Cody, I would love to believe that. Um, I think we can arrange
0: that. Um, Mr. Calloway, I appreciate your uh, team spirit. However, if Eloise would prefer to take these lessons on her own, then um, that is absolutely something that we can arrange um of course Eloise we will need to have um uh them either recorded um in some in some sort of way or have another adult there just for uh, appropriateness sake for professional sake but um rest assured um th- it, it will be another adult another professor that is uh, trusted um so that you do not have to worry about um your parents Uh, that is something that we can we can absolutely work with you on um uh, mr remington if you change your mind my door is always open and cody uh we will work with your schedule as well that's all unless you have any any questions or anything else that you would like to say that that's all that i have for you
3: can andrew and i roll separate animal handling checks to m- to see if cat and dale go at it <laughs> i was actually thinking about that
0: yeah yeah why don't you do that
3: what do I-, I have um
1: 10 minus <laughs> oh, no i have minus one but this. also as soon as lupin like says that's all i have heb is just gonna get up and walk out
0: fantastic what'd you get cody oh we both got 10 uh, okay.
1: they're we chilling they're ended. they passed the vibe check
0: um, so with two tens, I think uh Hebos, as you stand up to leave, you actually notice because you hadn't really been paying attention for cat um that whole time, as you leave, you notice that Dale and um Cat are actually curled up next to each other in the corner Aww. they had because Dale had worn himself out, and cat is just always tired, so they were just they're just like <laughs> sleeping next to each other,
3: sort of cuddled up. Cody like grabs Heavis' robe like arm and he's like they're friends look at them come on you gotta do it <laughs> oh
1: man okay yeah uh, After when Cody does that Heavis is gonna like get his deep frown on his face and he's just gonna shake his head and walk out
3: I think it's deeply upsetting to Cody that the people he desperately wants to be friends with also have cool abilities and he can't and he doesn't know what they are <laughs> Yeah. So he's like he's in the back of his mind, he's like, "Oh, I'm for sure that Hebo has like Wolverine claws or something."
0: <laughs> we are now going to go into week 3. So, you finish up the weekend. Um, Saturday night is when Lupin called you into his office. Um, So, you have Sunday to just kind of mill about, um, uh, do your schoolwork, and whatnot. And then you go into week three. So, during week three, we're going to fast track most of this section. However, I do want to make a pit stop at Defense Against the Dark Arts to talk a little bit about spell casting focus. So you are all in class um, listening to Professor Lupin. Give a lecture on what this means. Basically that your arcane focus is something that allows you to better channel your magical innate magical energy into your spell casting. Um, and some of you, like Cody and Eloise, you both have wands already, so we don't have to necessarily worry about that for you. But Hebos, you never got any sort of spell casting focus, correct? Correct. Cool. So we are going to... Basically, Professor Lupin says, all right, class, um, so on the subject of spellcasting focus Um, we are going to split you up into two groups the those of you who already have a spellcasting focus whether it's a wand or an orb of some sort um, you're going to go over to one side of the room and i will give you instruction on beginning to use this focus and figure out how it can best benefit you Those of you who do not yet have a spellcasting focus, you're going to be on the other side of the room, and I'm going to work with you on finding your spellcasting focus, and that will probably take us into the final minutes of class, and um, hopefully by the end of class you will all have some sort of focus to help harness your magical abilities. So he splits you up into these two groups, Eloise and uh, Cody go one way, um, and you, um, Hebo's are put in the other group. Um, why don't you, because this is with Hufflepuff, correct? Do you have this class with Hufflepuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you roll me up uh, just a general perception check? Me tell me what you get. Quick.
1: Perception... Uh eighteen.
0: With an eighteen perception check, you notice that Chase and Kylan, Chase Leverett and Kylan Rubus, oh. who are in the first year Slytherin House with you, um, they're also in this class because you have all of your classes together. And they are in the same group as you. They also don't have spellcasting focuses, and um they're they look like they're just not really paying attention. Doing the same sort of thing that they do in all of in all of your classes, where they're just like pushing each other around and joking and very much class clown, like um, borderline too physical with each other. Sort of eleven year old boys just like wrestling. These guys almost. suck,
1: but that's exactly how I was when I was eleven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you notice that they're in the same group as you. Um, after Professor Lupin instructs the other group on sort of. What they are to be doing for the rest of class time, he walks over to you all and says that he's going to be spending the rest of the time with you all individually figuring out what your spellcasting focuses are going to be. Um, all right, so he goes through uh, the list, he goes through a few Hufflepuff kids and then uh Kylan and Rubus, and Kylan has a lot of trouble finding anything that can focus his very like rowdy 11-year-old boy magic mm. um and so Lupin actually asks him to stay after class um and then moves on to Chase and Chase um is able to uh use one of the class provided wands um, that are not as expensive. They're like very much. Um, they just look like a branch, really. Um, but there is ma- there are magical properties to it. It's just that it's not going to be as powerful as something that you would get handmade at Hall of Anders.
1: Interesting. Kylan and Chase yeah. have some some development. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can't afford an Halliwell's yeah. one. Kebos will remember that.
0: Yes. Um, and then he moves on to you, and you are the last one. Um, everybody else has moved over to the other group to work on their their projects to sort of hone their abilities with their spellcasting focuses, arcane focuses. Naturally, um, naturally. Yeah.
1: How about
0: spellcasting? Uh, and be <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ky- Kylan um, is like sort of just standing off to the side, pouting, just like...
1: Ooh, is trying me. to Ooh. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Poor um, guy. <laughs> and Professor Lupin walks up to you and he's like, I wanted to save you for last because of your homework assignment that you provided. Um I think that your arcane focus might be a bit different than everyone else's, which I am expecting and I want you to tap into that. Imagine that tree, imagine the roots, imagine the wind flowing through its branches. Close your eyes for me, hold out your hand, and really tap into that powerful source of magic. And Hebo's, I'm gonna need you to roll me. Um, Arcana, actually.
1: 17. Amazing, Wow, with a
0: seventeen, you close your eyes, and what what do you think Hebos is feeling in this moment?
1: Hebos hasn't really ever confronted like his magic as a whole, or really at all before so he's a, he's a little nervous, um and he doesn't really know how he feels about Lupin yet as a professor. he kind of seems like a little too like i don't know just kind of i don't want to say like too friendly because he's really not friendly but he seems like too like down for it you know so hebos is kind of like i don't know about this guy but whatever so yeah he'll he'll close his eyes and he'll hold his hand out and he'll he'll focus on the tree the the storm clouds like overhead and everything yeah he'll just take a deep breath and he'll he'll search
0: Yeah, So as you search um, despite your discomfort with Professor Lupin at this point something that you have found comfort in maybe the only thing here at Hogwarts so far is your ability on a broom and on the Quidditch field and so that as you're taking a deep breath and you're imagining your magic and and sort of tapping into that source of power. That is what flashes across your mind for a brief moment. And then after a bit of silence, you hear and you open your eyes and in your hand is your broomstick for quidditch oh, um, shit. so you hold it in your hand and as you do it starts to change shape it it's sort of like wooden mechanics just like um it looks like there are like gears turning and they and oh that's like, so cool like branch uh little twigs like shrinking and growing in different places as your broom turns into a staff that is still large and like hebos sized but is no longer just a broom so hebos now um this can change into a broom or a staff sort of at your will um
1: incredible and
0: it is your new arcane focus the other thing that you notice as you hold the staff in your hand is that there is a very small, almost, I wouldn't say it's wilted, but it's, like, looking kind of sad, droopy leaf hanging right off the top of your staff.
1: Aw. little droopy yeah. leaf.
0: A little droopy leaf. Just um, chilling. Just, yeah, just vibing on top of your staff.
1: Love it. Hebos is uh he's a little a little like not like shocked, but he's a little surprised. Um but internally he thinks it's incredibly badass that his broom is also like a staff. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And Professor Lupin sort of smiles at you as if he had known that this would happen all along and says, of course, um of course. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Mr. Remington. All right, that is class for today. You all have your assignments. Let's go. Continue working on your spell casting focuses, and I will see you next time. And with that, we are going to move forward and skip to the end of the week, which is the first Quidditch game games Ooh. of the season. So we have Slytherin versus Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw versus Gryffindor. <gasps> um man So there is a document that I have compiled um that explains the rules of quidditch mechanically in the way that we're playing it So you are um Hebos and Cody you are in your respective locker rooms <laughs>
3: Cody is shadow um, boxing.
0: Oliver, yeah, Oliver Wood is sort of giving you all a speech, um, talking about, like, this is the first game of the season, and I'm just really proud already of the work that ha- uh, has been put in here. Uh, excited for the season ahead. Don't forget, play your heart out out there, have a good time, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get them. Um, and on the other end um jenny is is like all right um so you know we've been playing pretty well um go slytherin (laughs) i'll see you out there and she's just very much like no nonsense
1: just like (laughs) heb loves that he's like he doesn't he won't like say anything back but he, he will smile um, a little bit, and kind of nod his head along with this uh, team captain. He's he's all about the down to business. Let's get it.
3: I imagine the I imagine the Gryffindor locker room is like we are going to war, dude. Absolutely, <laughs> just super. It's, it's like they're blasting you know that one song by The Rock that just came out.
2: <laughs> yes, the the
0: rap song. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then the Ravenclaw uh, locker room, which none of you can see, is is very much like. so don't forget the place that we went over um (laughs) (laughs) like very strategic just like a bunch of string beans on broomsticks um with very specific strategies no i'm just kidding um i'm a ravenclaw so i can say that um (laughs) (laughs) no don't worry my friend's a ravenclaw (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then eloise what do you think You are doing because you're not on either of the teams. Do you think that you go and watch the match or?
2: (laughs) Um, no. Here's what I think Eloise has been doing very poorly academically, and uh, it's taking a huge toll on her much more than she thought it would. So she doesn't, she can't even get out of bed this Saturday morning. Um, she, uh, she's so so down bad, that she's just curled up in the sheets, she has her airpods in, and she's just listening to mm, probably Love You Goodbye by One Direction, one of their most morose tracks, uh, (laughs) and just sulking.
3: Why do you always turn into Patrick Bateman, like, American Psycho, (laughs) whatever you talk about One
2: Direction? She's listening to Love You Goodbye, and (laughs) she's just, 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 like... Comatose on her uh on her bed. Comatose but awake. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um catatonic. That's the word I was looking for. catatonic
3: And to retroactively, I think all throughout the week, Cody had been like trying to subtly invite her to his Quidditch match, you know? Like he's invited all of his like professors, you know, all the like his classmates. And, like, at every soccer practice, he's like, you know, this isn't the only sport I'm playing, actually. Um, I got a game coming up this weekend. <laughs> That's so
0: funny. Um, I, It's so like every every time you say something <laughs> so to a sad. professor, they're like, like, every single professor, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, um, I, I will be there, uh, Mr. Calloway. I, yes, I have to be there. And, like, m- Pro- Professor Longbottom is like. Oh, I love Quidditch. I'm so excited to go. Um, yes. I am required, so I was going to be there anyway. But I- I'm excited for the game. Uh, it's just like all of them are...
3: <laughs> and after every single response, Cody, like, finger guns and walks out.
0: Great. Um, so, yeah. Slytherin and Hufflepuff, your both teams walk out onto the pitch. Um... Lee Jordan is there waiting for you in his referee robes. It is very gaudy. Um, uh, bright colors, not American style, like soccer or or whatever, where it's like black and white. It's like European style, just like very bright colors mm-hmm. um, so that you can see him. And he's like, all right, loves. Um, first match of the season. I want a very clean game, but, you know, not too clean. Um, and then uh, he's like, everybody on your brooms. Um, on my mark, you're going to get on your brooms, raise up into the air, and then I'll throw up the quaffle and we will start this match. So, Cody, Hebos, what? how are you feeling? What do you think you do as you're mounting your brooms?
1: So as they ascend into the air, Hebos is really feeling the competitive spirit. Because he's like, you know, it's game time. About, he's about a he's starting, you know. He's very very excited, and he will look over it, like kind of lock eyes with Cody and just give him like a wicked like toothy smile. And that's probably like the first time that like Cody has ever seen Hebo smile, <laughs> but it's it's not friendly.
3: <laughs> um, Cody, upon seeing Hebo smile for maybe the first time ever, is. Absolutely terrified. Like this puts the fear of God in him. It just went from like being super excited in fun Quidditch game to like, oh my god, I'm uh, this is survival of the fittest. I have to play.
0: I should mention that it's uh, a little bit cloudy, but it's like not. It's like typical European British weather of like sort of downcast, but not or overcast, but not like it's gonna rain. But you just can't. Really see the sun. Nice. And you raise up into the air. He gets ready to throw the quaffle. Three, two, one. Crash! All of a sudden, with a crack of thunder, <laughs> you see a ghost <coughs> in the middle of the pitch facing you, Cody. Oh. Uh- <coughs> He seems confused and agitated, and he keeps glitching, almost um, like fading in and out, sort of like in supernatural. Whenever they have ghosts, it, it's that same a show joke,
3: I've I seen. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, you wouldn't know who this ghost is. Um, some of the Gryffindors, the older Gryffindors, gasp, uh, and and some of the older students in general, as they. They know, what you don't, that this is the ghost of Gryffindor House, nearly headless Nick. Pops into the field, looking confused and agitated and glitching, and says, Please! Help! And then, with another crack, oh, no. he disappears. Uh... <laughs> and that is where we are going to end our session.
1: Yeah!
3: I'm traumatized. I need yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm forever changed. <laughs> I am not the same person I was.
0: This has been episode three of Roleplay Settling In, part of Year One and The Spark of Adama, an all new original adventure set in the magical world of Harry Potter. Roleplay is DM'd by me, Rowan O'Connor, and features Andrew Len as Hebos Remington, Rachel Johnson as Eloise Ann Shorewell, and Kellen Crameens as Cody Calloway. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow our social media account at RoleplayPod on Instagram to get updates and other bits about the show. Also, if you've enjoyed these first few episodes, please leave a positive review or tell someone else about the show. It's not much, but it goes a long way in helping us grow in this early stage of the show's life. Thanks again for listening. Our next episode will be released in December. Until then, remember, trans rights are human rights, and J.K. Rowling can eat shit. Take care, and we'll see y'all in December.
3: Don't
1: donate to our Patreon. I'm gonna put a car bomb in your mom's minivan. (laughs) I've got the ass for radio,
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's so good. (laughs)